Hello, comic book fans. This is Pete from Comic Books Transformed, and I just turned off Marvel Snap on my phone. Uh, me and my good friend Brian over there are here to talk about the show Willow, Brian's very favorite show on Disney Plus. You know what? I that is a no. Okay, it's not <laughs> a true statement, but it's not a false statement either. I yes. really like this show. I, there's definitely some flaws in this show. Every, yes. Generally speaking, I agree with everything everyone says, mm -hmm. but I still think underneath it, I enjoyed it. I got more enjoyment out of the show uh, uh, than basically everything we've watched on Disney Plus, with maybe the exception of Andor and maybe The Mandalorian. What about WandaVision? I would put the, I, I had more enjoyment out of this than pop. Oh God, that's hard. It's hard to say that. I think I didn't. I don't think WandaVision stick the landing. I okay. think WandaVision had a really good uh, setup and premise, and I really enjoyed the, you know, the different eras every time. But the end of it was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's it's a, it's a magic battle, and we kind of get that here in this episode too. With Willow, it's just like shooting bolts of magic at each other, and um, it, the ending of that didn't live up to the the whole premise of the show, um, with the exception of. You know, I guess, you know, it was kind of grim in the sense that, you know, Wanda lost everything, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, in general, we've probably, or I personally have probably said more critical things of the Disney Plus shows that we've covered than I've said positive things. And um, there's been exceptions, like you said, and or. I, with Willow, I think in general, there's a, a bad rap about it because, mainly because the the main characters talk like they live in a modern world and i think a lot of people have a hard time accepting that in a fantasy setting you know yeah, so, so the, the the main criticisms are yes the modern dialogue i've heard some complaints about costuming i've heard it's too woke and, yeah. uh, and the music um which has won me over i i'm okay with the modern music i don't care i like yeah. it um you know what like i i, I had the same critic i mean people have the same criticisms of uh, a night's tale Back in mm. the day, mm. you know what? I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I well, okay. So there, there's definitely a lot to unpack. If you guys are new, because I'm streaming this on Facebook Live first for the first time now. Uh, if you guys are new, we have a YouTube channel and we also have a podcast. If you are on that YouTube channel, please give us a like. Make sure you subscribe. And on the podcast, hey, you can, can subscribe to us on there too. Um, but Brian and I cover all the adaptations of your favorite comic book uh, movies and tv shows we do a lot of disney plus stuff and so for willow we're three episodes behind uh what do you think we should do brian like maybe just go through each of the last three episodes one at a time or yeah, let's maybe... go through each episode one by one i think that makes sense i and i don't think we have to spend too much time on each one maybe, maybe last one we can cover a little bit more since it's a little more recent and fresh okay yeah and over the course of this we can kind of address what brian just said um about like what he likes about it and then also um you know the criticisms that a lot of people have uh, you, when you were messaging with me, you said that this is very much like Final Fantasy. Yes. That, so, what do yes. you mean by that? I got that. Uh, I, I mean, it's a, it's a journey. It's a party of people going and traveling, and there's some weird, goofy stuff, and there's some serious stuff going on there. Uh, I, I really that that conclusion hit me on uh, the seventh episode, so the second to last one. Um, with the, they're on, you know, the the scenes at night. Um, uh, when they're on the, the, the sand sea, no, the shattered sea, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it 
visually struck me as uh, Makalania Lake from Final Fantasy X. And okay. it just it like a ton of bricks. Uh, like, yeah. they're, they're quirky characters with all different pasts. There's all kinds of weird love triangles and stuff. Um, you know, the, the I mean, Final Fantasy X in particular was a group of people protecting this kind of like chosen sorceress who essentially had to sacrifice her life to save the world, which is sounds kind of similar to what's going on in Willow here, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, there's a love triangle there and, you know, there's people that are, are dead and, and uh, they don't know it and, and people that die. It, it, it's I really think that there's a lot to compare there, particularly with that game, but uh, overall, too, it's like the general tone of a lot of those games is there's a lot of goofy stuff and fun stuff. And there's a lot of real serious stuff in those things. Um, and, but generally they're all a journey. You're going around from place to place. You have a, you're on a quest. Uh, I know that's not exclusive to final fantasy or video games or anything like that, but um, I, I really felt that. And I think that was part of the reason why I, I like, I said like, you know what, I, I'm just going to go on the record and say, I like this show and I've been defending it and um, everywhere. I'm probably the only 40 year old, 40 some 40 something white male to, to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um you know if you go on like gizmodo they really defend the show and i've actually looked up some reviews just so i can get some kind of show recaps and i have seen positive reviews even in the positive re reviews though they do talk about some of the negative sides or some of the things that you know, they feel could be better right yeah. um but i understand if you're comparing it to final fantasy i know you're a huge final fantasy fan yeah. so that would make you like it more um, with episode six, this kind of was the episode though, that made me, I almost was kind of embarrassed to admit that I was like watching yeah. it and reviewing it. Totally. Um, yeah. I agree it's, with you. I agree with you. So going in from five, five, I, to, to me, five was the worst episode. Okay. Um, you know, it was just like Zion and the matrix, but in the forest, and they <laughs> turned these kind of like villainies and villain, villainous characters, like villainous tribe into these kind of. I don't know, like rogues and hippies in the forest or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not like episode five. That's the low point of the show to me. Then you go straight to the beginning of six where the troll, I mean, the ending of five was cool. Like the trolls show up and it's like, oh shit, the trolls are here. They're going to do something. They're going to eat them or some shit. <laughs> they're this like, you know, uh, what's a good word to describe how the trolls spoke? Okay. The, okay, so I believe me. I was trying to think of it because when I was writing, I was notes. I was like, "Well, what does it mean?" Like, I don't want to say like effeminate is not the right word. It's actually no, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of insulting, right? But it's sort of it, it, like effeminate is not the right. Like Frasier to me, you know, like Frasier. Okay, I, I thought like this sort of like meek, like kind of middle management, like HR kind of person. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the guy in Office Space who's like, "Can you yeah. come in on, on yeah. right?" And it's just such a, a juxtaposition from there are these scary troll creatures that when you see the original Willow movie, they're pretty menacing, I think, in that movie. Well, I mean, like, I, I think that ultimately they do look kind of goofy because they're people yeah. in kind of lackluster costumes and they're just kind of yeah. like galloping around, you know. And I, But, I mean, to a young, to a child, that is kind of terrifying. But, like, you look at it now and uh, it's not as, as terrifying as, as it was. But... Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a turn, and I didn't like this turn. I I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, it just it kind of reminded me of like that Land of the Lost, but like the Land of the Lost remake movie with yeah, Will yeah. Ferrell, right? Oh, I see that. Yeah. But, so I, yeah. I agree that was also bad. Um, 
And then we got to talk about Christian, Christian Slater, too. I, I you know, uh, you know, he's very hit or miss for me, I guess. Um, sometimes okay. he's really good in things, and sometimes he's just Christian Slater in things. <laughs> and I feel like this, he was Christian Slater in Willow. And uh, I had a hard time believing it. I don't think his part was bad. I think he gave a lot of decent backstory here and yeah. uh, development towards the, you know the, the, the Mad Morgan. Yeah. Um, and but like seeing him is like oh it's it's Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to as opposed to like the the next episode where we see you know the the the, the old innkeeper guy. It's like oh that like that's Julian Glover, but like he feels like he fits there sort of you know. But Wait, Christian Slater. Who's Julian Glover? Julian Glover, um, uh, he's he was in the, the Last Crusade. Um, uh, he's the bad guy in Last Crusade, and uh, he was in he's 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 a an Imperial general in um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, and, uh, that guy, Grand Maester Pycelle in Game of Thrones. Oh, holy shit! I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah, yeah, but like like that like character actor, good fits in there. But this is like. Christian Slater stunt casting. This is Christian Slater, you know? Like, it didn't it didn't work for me in that sense. But I think they, what the character added was helpful and good. But, but took me out of it because it was Christian Slater. Do you think at any point they were legitimately considering that he was going to actually be Mad Mardigan and they were just going to have him play him and not Val Kilmer? No? No. I think... Okay. Um, this the that's a good that's a great question if they would have considered recasting um i, so, I, I mean i know I, I know the voice so we hear mad Morgan's voice in this episode at some point that's mm-hmm. actually uh an amalgamation of his voice and his son's voice oh uh, okay so that was kind of cool it was uh, yeah. like a kind of nice little way to to, to follow up with it because obviously we can't we he can't be in the show because of his health uh yeah so i think that's a way of getting around it um if I don't know if it would be different if he had already passed or something like that or a long time had gone by, but the fact that he's alive but he just can't, and uh, I, I think what they're doing is fine with that. Yeah, I just I thought that maybe they actually did consider replacing Val Kilmer with Christian Slater because, like, they're sort of contemporaries, you know. Yeah. I, I, you know, there are roles that Val Kilmer could have had that I think Christian Slater could have done. But yeah. uh, going back to your point they made earlier. I agree that like Christian Slater has this kind of presence, which is kind of funny because often he kind of feels like he's aping Jack Nicholson, but then it's like he has his own personality. Yeah. And um, he, he did just seem like Christian Slater in this Willow world. And I think that that is really the main problem that people have with this show. I know the woke thing is just, it's a fucking talking piece that everyone just always uses always immediately. Oh, it's Disney. Woke. Yeah. I, 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 I mentioned that I know people complain it's woke. I don't right. really agree with that. Um, no. you know, so they, they flip the script a little bit. They have, they have a lesbian romance. They have a, uh, a, a man in distress instead. I don't care. Like, like that, that's not woke is a terrible term. We shouldn't use anymore. It, yeah, because, yeah. Because of how it's used, how it's weaponized, essentially, you know. It, yeah, it's, it shouldn't. It it essentially is meaningless to me now because of how it's used on in different regards. So you you just can't use the word. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, it's it's not a complaint that we use on this show, but it's a complaint I've seen about this uh, yes, about yes. Willow. And so, um, I think that though the main complaint besides that sort of knee jerk thing is that 
the characters just don't feel like they're from this world. They don't feel like they're from a medieval world. And the Christian Slater stuff, he really doesn't feel like he's from that world. At, at some point, he's like singing in that episode. He's like, oh, my real passion is singing. And the the lyrics are so like juvenile and stupid. It, it's like, it's like kind of too much. It's just like that one leader of the trolls where it's just like so over the top and so ridiculous. If it no, was the troll guy was worse. <laughs> the troll guy was worse. The troll guy was um, I mean, I'm trying to think of like sort of adventures that are like almost more comedy than adventure. Like, I mean, obvious answers I think of off the top of my head are like Guardians of the Galaxy, where you could almost say that's almost just a comedy with a little bit of adventure, or like um Suicide Squad the the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's very much a comedy or peacemaker. I keep referencing James Gunn stuff. Um but it's like the James Gunn stuff, whether it's Guardians or his DC stuff, there is always that sort of feeling of menace or violence. There's something more to it. And, and the, all of the Disney stuff in general is just very like generic seeming and bland to where it's like it has to fit this shape. And it, it's, it doesn't, it's, it's yes, yes, yes. But, it, but it's not only safer, it's just like, it, and I, I think I've said this a whole bunch of times, and I definitely don't want to get to the point on this channel where I'm just repeating myself every fucking episode, but it is like this idea of like, um, if you're trying to appease everybody or make it something that everyone can access, then it's just not interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you're trying to make sure of everybody and you're serving no one. Right, 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 right. And so you really feel it when Christian Slater's just running around and, and making these goofy jokes. I, like, what stands out in this show, like, okay, why don't we flip it on Ted? What about this show seems kind of novel and interesting to you or is not generic? What I like about the show is I actually like the character development that has been going on and the personal arcs that a lot of the characters seem to have. Okay. Um, you know, we're obviously seeing Kit kind of grow into a position where she, he's, she's like her, her father. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that kind of culminates in the last episode. Um, you know, Willow is come. Willow comes to terms with the fact that he's a he's not a great sorcerer, and you know he, he's kind of hacked his way through life. Sort of. Um, what else is there? Uh, I, I I've enjoyed the the uh, as much as it is kind of CW. I've enjoyed the love triangle stuff. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 on board with with Kit and Jade. I'm I'm, I'm on board with uh, with Graydon having uh, feelings for Laura, and I, I think potentially. Vice versa as well. I'm not, I'm not as sure about that. Um, I think the the stakes they put into the characters' positioning and how they feel about each other works for me. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I, I do think there is a there is a sense. There actually is a sense of danger that you could lose some of these characters at some point, and I think that actually does happen, sort of. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think they've done a decent job with with mythology here, like building up, like you know. You know, the, the original movie is just uh, an evil sorceress, and that's you, you don't know what's behind that. But now we know that there was someone kind of leading her on. I mean, she was leading on the the, the, the Bone Reavers. Uh, someone was leading on Babmorda, and then someone was leading on the person leading Babmorda. Ultimately, yeah. um, they just they added they they have added to the mythology of the movie. They've expanded it, and I love things like that. I like when something I like is expanded upon, and not and not just a little slice of what it was agreed agreed yeah that mythology is interesting to say the least like they um 
they introduce in this episode the, the or the not orcs uh, <laughs> the, the trolls are mining something and it, it essentially is like evil it's like pure evil right yeah, it's like good evil which we ultimately do find out it's it's essentially slurm from futurama yes but yes <laughs> yeah yeah and it's for this creature that's called the worm the, the very last episode of the show is called the children of the worm like the worm is like the ultimate evil it's like the satan or whatever the thing is that is like sauron's commander that's it you know melkor i think is that one um what did you get out of the worm is it is the idea like because i remember they they talk about the worm it, it's like something that, that lives off of magic right it like feeds off of magic yeah again this is a this is like another like super video gamey thing it's an it's an ultimate darkness e evil god mm -hmm. you know it, and and that is cliche it sure it is but um i i don't know maybe you don't see that you, you don't i feel like the cliches in video games you don't see as much in tv mm -hmm. so like usually like there's there's a there's something like there's a dark god or there's a, a leader or a king that's evil but like this is like in video games a lot of times you do fight evil gods yeah <laughs> you know? yeah so um that's kind of what i got out of it right and, and so like willow it, it's interesting right because willow the movie was created by george lucas right like he came up with the initial idea and then ron howard directed it and you know i think there's other writers involved too but um when when willow the character is explaining magic to Alora dannon he talks about how like magic is essentially like the lifeblood of the world and in his description it kind of sounds a little bit like the force too and it's like well yeah. of course like george lucas right um but i what was intriguing to me about the worm was the idea that the creature itself was like feeding off of magic that essentially it would kill the world and so the um the stuff that they're mining is like it's like blood or like it's the stuff that it's giving off right uh yeah they, they said it's it's evil and it's powerful and it's power so um i i, I guess it could be blood i i mean I, i'm hoping it's not literally literally blood literally yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh jesus yeah so um you know in the end of this episode this first episode they go into this vault that is from a nelwyn that's the race of you know willow's people right and he's got a weird fucking name his name's like titty jiggles or something i don't know what it is it's something stupid, right? and, and they, they solve some kind of riddle and they're like you know it's kind of very lord of the rings um and then they go in there and um you hear mad Mardigan's voice he went through there in the past and apparently went on to face some greater evil so he probably faced the worm at some point don't you think yeah i'm, I'm assuming it's something like that or uh and it's just a way a creative way to kind of acknowledge him but not have him be in the show because they can't yeah um, and i know that you know i guess i would have liked it better if he was in the show yeah. but i understand that that's something they have to do and i'm not gonna throw that against them because they can't do it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think that's the that's the best they can do with what they have right uh, in terms of the story of mad Marty. right and so once we get to this point um the, you know the the heroes all get together again they escape from these trolls they escape from this mine but then uh uh kit she falls into this evil this water and there's this really actually this is one sequence i did like 
was that yeah yeah where she's like upside down or she's like in the water drowning and her brother's reaching through a fountain and they're both kind of going to touch each other it's very much like that movie the fountain uh you know with hugh jackman right um and so he is in this immoral i can't even fucking say it immoral immoral thank you thank you and we get introduced to this other character who goes by the name of lily um and she's from cashmere but of course like right away you assume that that's the crone yeah yes because there's no need for it to be there but before we get too far into that uh, i mentioned before about the, the the character uh development and the drama between the characters i really like the scene here where uh kid is essentially blaming Alora for her father leaving and everything that's gone wrong in her life. She said, like, you know, he chose you over me. And, you know, that, uh, and then that kind of uh, helps Alora to kind of, like, awaken something in her and that, you know, even though she feels the need to save her because she feels guilty over it. And she yeah. kind of awakens her latent power to help break that, whatever that evil ice stuff was to, to save Kit, ultimately. Uh, but I thought that was a great scene between the two of them. And, uh, you know, it shows how far they've come from the beginning because, you know, Kit was very dismissive and, and fairly unlikable in episode two, three, four. And, but she's grown. She's shown growth. Um, she does. And same thing with, with Laura. She was kind of like an aloof, like, you know, side character sort of thing. And she's kind of growing into the role of, of chosen one. So it's hero's journey kind of stuff there. Um, and again, very much like Final Fantasy. Uh, look, I'd hate to admit this, man, but we, we talked about that the kit would become more appealing by the end of the show, and that her character yeah. would grow, and we would like her more. I hate to admit it, but that did actually happen. Like, yeah. I did feel more of a connection to her by the end of the show. Do I feel like it was worth it, and this was like a worthwhile character? No, not necessarily. I, I don't. I'm not like loving her and like oh i want to see more of her i can't wait but i'm like oh yeah i will see more of her you know not it, it, it essentially went from see more of her like if there's more of it i would see it but i don't necessarily like please give this to me yeah right right exactly yeah, exactly whereas when it started out i'm like oh please i don't want i don't know i don't want that character right i still do though throughout the entire show not really care about jade and i feel like jade is sort of a bland lame character but funny, funnily enough, Jade's the one that sounds most like she belongs in a medieval fantasy world. Oh, uh, with her accent and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. She's, she's, she has the least use of modern dialogue in the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's that's kind of ironic in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I just feel like she, you could give her, like, if she's there or not, it doesn't really matter, right? Um Boreman, I, I, I've always kind of liked, even though I do feel like some of his jokes fall flat. Not all of them. There were two jokes that went overboard to me. Um, wait, was it two? Well, the yeah, one about them kissing? More than in his last three, <clears throat> three episodes. Like, uh, in the last one, it's like, oh, should, we're all going to die. Should we make out? And like, that was weird because of the age difference. Uh, so there's that, right? But, he, he, okay, we're jumping ahead, but I do want to address that specific line because it's like, that's the whole thing about it being a Disney show, right? If yeah. in a different thing, if it was like a, a more adult thing, it'd be like, hey, we should have sex. You know, the world's going to yeah. end. Let's have a threesome, okay. right? <laughs> right. And that'd be funny because he's saying yeah. that, right? You come off as a creeper. He's like, uh, should we kiss? You know? <laughs> it's it's like me in high school. Uh, it's yeah, but, but it's like he's, he's like 
30 saying this to like 20 year olds you know it's like weird <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I, I, I think that if, if it was like in the context where he could be like let's fuck or something <laughs> I don't know. Well, you're right it would have been funnier it, it would have worked better as a joke if it, if it would have went a step further with it yeah absolutely but right. it's so the we, wrong but it's funnier that way for some reason right 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 so okay but we're jumping ahead so so okay let's get up to the uh the next episode which was um well we did prisoners of skellen the next one is beyond the shattered sea so dude what is the shattered sea as itself is it is it like an ocean that had cracks in it and, and most of the water has gone away what the hell is it uh i think it's like quicksand mud sort of thing okay and it's just like you know you, you go on it you call them quicksand i don't know i thought it was cool it looked cool, but I was like, well, what the fuck is it? Is it just like this endless sea of quicksand mud then? Yeah, it's an endless sea of mud. Yeah, it goes on for a really long time. Uh, and then it, it ends in a waterfall, and you have to jump up. Okay, okay. Well, now that I know that the weird old man that farts is the actor that was General Veers in Empire Strikes Back. Yes, okay, that's right, okay. General Veers, yes. Yeah, so, okay, that, that kind of blows my mind. I didn't make Walter Donovan from, from Last Crusade. Yes, yes, yes. The guy that falls apart when he picks the wrong grail. Yes. He's actually in an episode of uh, Doctor Who that's really good, but like the classic old Doctor Who, you know, from the 80s or whatever. Uh, anyway, so there's this creature that they bring up in this episode, and it's like a mud skimmer, right? Mud kipper or mud skimmer or something like that, yeah. Mud mander. I just looked it mud up. Mud mander. Oh, okay. Okay. Oops. So... Lucasfilm stuff, they do have great creature design, all the Star Wars stuff, and then in the original Willow, there's cool creature design, um, you know, puppetry and things like that. This creature, I think that they were trying to go for that same kind of feel of like, oh, look at this cool fantasy creature, but I just felt like no connection to it whatsoever, and it felt weird having the scenes with Graydon kind of bonding with it. It just felt so like this is literally just here because you're checking a box um no i i i i am not gonna say it was it was stellar or needed or required i i it didn't i didn't mind it uh it did sort of give great in something else to do so he wasn't just wrapped up in in uh a, a love story or whatever you know um, yeah I, I i didn't mind it at all uh, i mean they needed a way I don't know. I, I thought the mud seat was cool and a little different. Um, and then, you know, especially like I said before, those night scenes, like I thought it looked fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. The way they had, they showed the, you know, the, the backgrounds with the stars and the colors in the sky and all that. That looked great. Very cinematic. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. They, they had almost like a training montage sequence where they're like battling to prepare and it's Kit and Jade fighting each other. I actually really liked that, and that was sort of they showed that during that montage sequence of like them kind of traveling and training. Yeah. I actually did like that, and they picked some kind of cool song to play over that that sounded like Evanescence or something. I was digging that. Yeah, I don't remember what song it was, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the cover songs, you know, you can recognize. It's like, oh, it's like Master of Puppets or something, but it's with a female singer, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then the very last song that they play for the whole show, it's kind of weird because it's not a cover. It's um. I, you know, I want my MTV, right? Oh, no, that's the cover. No, no, it's the, it's the, it's the original I mean, version. The original like, Dire Straits? Yeah, Dire Straits, right, with Sting, though, right? No, that's not Sting. He doesn't sing, I want my MTV. You know, no, no? No, that's not Sting. Um, 
right, what, okay. Jumping ahead, jumping ahead, jumping ahead. Anyway, um, so I did like that sequence. They get there and, um, you know, they decide that they're going to go, Kit and uh, Laura are going to go jump off the edge of the earth, essentially, and go into the immemorial well, they're, they're essentially facing that, you know, the, the challenge of like, oh, this is a dead end. What do we do? We take a leap of faith. Again, yeah. cliche, but I think it worked. Okay. Yeah, but um, I just want to bring up one other point, though. You, you mentioned that, um, you know, Graydon, we wanted him to have something to do besides sort of getting wrapped up in that love triangle. There was this whole part with Graydon and Alora where there was tension because um, she saw into his past, right? Yes. I felt like the stuff in his past where he was possessed and he, like, killed his brother, that's really interesting stuff. And I feel like the highlight of the show, the part that you liked so much, when you had that battle at the Slaughtered Lamb where a couple yes. of characters died, I feel like that and the backstory of him being possessed could belong together in the same show. But for the most part, they were the sort of darker moments that don't really fit the majority of the show that we got. Yes, I, I mean, yeah. I think ultimately the show need the show is a more lighthearted adventure. Yeah, I think that those dark moments work with that, but maybe they need to just tone down the lightheartedness a little bit. Right, right. They need to focus a little bit more. I, like, I ultimately I'm enjoying the show because I can see the bones of something good underneath. Okay. Okay. And and I, I and I, I mean I absolutely admit of of the flaws that I agree with most what most people are saying about it, but I can look past them. I guess I don't know. I, I'd okay. rather enjoy something than not. Like, like I'm getting something out of it, but I can absolutely realize that it could be better. Okay. Good. 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 Um. Well, with that being said, why don't you just kind of take us through the last episode and give us your thoughts on it? Because I I feel like so much of our discussion today is. Brian, doesn't this suck? Don't you think this sucks? And you're like, oh, it doesn't really no, suck. Like <laughs> That's really what uh, Don't you hate this? You're like, no, I actually kind of no, like this. Like <laughs> um, so the, the the final episode opens with, um, well, the, and the, the seventh episode closes with, with Kate and Laura um, ending up at uh, the Immemorial City. And Eric is there. And he's he's drinking the Kool Aid. He's got a new haircut, and he's all in on uh, on the worm and all that. Yeah. Uh, so there's some tension there. They meet they meet the crone, um, and then you know this this there's that general temptation that you face when you face a great evil. It's like oh you come with the, come join us. We'll give you what you want. Right. And then you have to kind of come to your senses and realize no this is this isn't going to work out like you're saying it is. You're just trying to tempt me. Yeah. And um, you know eventually the all the other characters that. We're doubting the quest, and they're, they're you know they they follow, they join, and um, ultimately, I, I thought we got some pretty cool looking like high energy battles at the end. You know, I mean, Alora's fighting the crone. Uh, the, the CG was a little questionable, I suppose. The, uh, the 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 bitch line that she says was really out there and shouldn't have happened. That was bad. That was very bad. That was that modern dialogue that that did not need to be there. Yeah. Um, Maybe I could argue that like shooting magic bolts is is a little cliche and, and not as uh, interesting. I, I I wish it was more than just shooting energy beams, right? Uh, you know, uh, but you know I, I thought the sword fight was, was really cool with with um, 
Kit and J- was it Kit and Jade versus Eric? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty well choreographed fight. Like I thought it looked pretty cool. I really love too that you know this whole time Borman's been obsessed with this um, this MacGuffin, the um, the the curious, the cur- yeah, the cur- curious, whatever, yeah, whatever. And then you know um, he finally he finally realizes like no, this isn't mine. This is why it's not working because you're you're the person you're her protect you're Laura Dunn's protector. Like you're the person that this is going to work for, and it yeah. does. And she gets this yeah. cool suit of armor and. You know, it's all magic and cool, and, and she looks just like Mad Mardigan, you know. But, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote that in the notes, but um, yeah, that actress that plays Kit looks so much like Val Kilmer at the end. Yeah, especially when the armor comes out, it's like, holy shit! That that's Mad Mardigan. That's that's Mad Mardigan at the end of the movie. You know, when he's at um, Tears Lean and he yeah. finds the armor in there, like that. That 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 was that. Yeah. All right, all right. So you said your your positive stuff. Now I'm going to say my negative stuff, and then you can rebound it. Ready? Yeah. So, so my fear with Disney, and I feel like this has already been happening for like a decade at least, right? Is that you take these things that are t- different properties, but then you start to homogenize them all so that they're all kind of interchangeable. And I feel like um, everything Marvel's the biggest out of all of them. Star Wars used to be the biggest. But Marvel's the biggest now, right? And so I feel like everything is kind of shifting to become Marvel. So you have a, a battle between the crone, who is a new creature that's made for the show, and Alora Dannon, who is the child that's like prophesized in the original Willow movie. And their battle is like Wanda fighting Doctor Strange or, or fighting people at um Comertage, right? In uh yeah, multiverse Wanda, Wanda versus Agatha Harkness and WandaVision. Exactly, exactly, right. And then um, you have this awesome suit of armor, the, the cuirass or whatever that Kit puts on, but that's like Iron Man, right? It like just comes all together like Iron Man suit. Magic Iron Man, okay, yeah. Right, so it's like, you know, they have those video games and stuff where I remember like Disney had this game where you could get the little figures of people and they could just put them in and then they all like can be in the same video game world together. Infinity. I think it's Infinity, right, right. And I feel like that's kind of what Disney Plus is. It's like, Oh, well, this is Willow, but it kind of feels a little bit like modern Star Wars, too. And then it also kind of feels like Marvel, and everything feels like Marvel. Um, so I, I know that just sounds like complaining. I One of the best parts of Multiverse of Madness is when Doctor Strange fights another Doctor Strange, and they get kind of creative, and they start using like music to fight each other. I love magical battles where it's creative on how they fight. And even in Harry Potter, which is all about magic, so much of it is just people shooting beams at each other. Whereas there's this one battle between um, Voldemort and uh, Dumbledore in the second to last movie or third to last movie where like they get creative and they like make shit like that's, you know, when you see a magical battle, that's the way it should be done. Like, yeah, you know I want to see creativity and not just energy blasts essentially. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I, I did like the last episode. It, it pretty much is just like, okay, it's a final battle kind of thing. They, they reach their destination um, pretty much everything you sort of expect to happen happened. Did you did you think at any point that Eric might either die or he might kind of run away with the crone and that he would be like the bad guy in the next season? Uh, yes. I mean that, that that's kind of what they set up here, but they they kind of flipped the script there, and you know we have Eric joining the crew and Graydon's kind of uh, left left. Well, I mean he looked like he died, but it seems that he's uh, he's with the the next level up evil. Did you, in that moment when he got blasted, were you like, oh, he's dead? Or did you think 
he might still be alive. We'll see him in like a post credit scene. Um, 50, 50 on it. Uh, I, I thought because the, the scene where, where he does die, uh, he's kind of like, he comes up and he's trying to save Alora and he's, he's saying, you know, this is what, and the, the prone is basically like, this is what you need to do. This, like, I felt his pain and like, I felt the, the, the power is magic and, and even that can't really hurt me, you know? And she's telling Laura that, you know, you're not doing it right yet and to join her and then you will be able to do it right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was surprised. Um, I, I mean, I really did think that they were going to pull uh you know, Graydon and Alora get together kind of thing. And I think still think that's on the, in the cards if we get multiple seasons, um, yes. as, as an ultimate ending, yes. um, because it, it definitely seems like during this journey, Alora has changed from the, from the person she started at that being, and she's not really interested in what, what she thought she wanted previously with a life with Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, at one point with Graydon, you know, all of a sudden he's kind of like this established sorcerer that can do blasts as well. And um, I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, wait a minute, there's too many magic users. It's like they have a and d party, you have like a paladin and you have a magic user, you know, you gotta like bounce it out more and like, oh, somebody's gonna die or something. And I was actually most expecting Willow to die. I, I did think Willow was gonna die too. I did that think was, that. I had to bet money, I would have bet on that. But yes, somebody, they had to get rid of somebody at some point or change something about it with stakes in this final battle here. Yeah, I, I did think multiple times that Willow might die and I'm like, well, they just kind of keep the show going, but just like have his name as like a Tribute. Yeah, I think, no, I think that works. He was, he was, he had a presence. He established it, and you know, it's like passing a torch kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like there was that show Star Trek Picard, and I always kept thinking, you know, Patrick Stewart's so old that if he died, would they just keep the show going and still call it Picard? You know, but like yeah. just in his memory, that's what I was thinking might happen with Willow. But um, I, okay, there's one thing I wrote notes about. And I want to talk about Ant Man too, and we still have a little bit of time. Are you cool talking about Ant Man too? Yeah, of course. Okay, two things then. Um, we're going to talk about the last, very last scene of the show. But before that, uh, I want to talk about this one part with Alora. I wrote notes about this, but essentially she's talking to the crone and the crone is about to give her everything that she wants. And what the, the temptation is essentially Eric, the crone is talking through Eric and the crone is basically saying, hey, why don't we just make it that you were never the chosen one or you're not the chosen one and you're just essentially a cook and then you could be married to Eric and you could have this happiness for the rest of your life, which that works with her character because that is her motivation for going on this adventure in the first place, just to get with Eric. But at one point, Alora says, like, that's not the way it goes or that's not the way the world works. Now, that's what you expect a hero to say. But in like truly good adventure stories, there is something that you see that shows why a hero has that conviction. Right. And so like the best examples and the most obvious examples I can think of is like, you know, Peter Parker, when he lets that crook run away and that crook kills Uncle Ben or like Frodo, when he gets visions of the Shire getting burned or even like one of our shows that we've covered, like the boys, like Huey's girlfriend gets killed by a train. And that just kind of like shows the hypocrisy of superheroes and stuff like that. Right. All, all of these kind of defining things, these moments show the reason why. A character believes what they believe, right? And I don't feel like Alora really had a moment like that. She really just kind of had people telling her, you're the good guy, you're going to save the day. But there was nothing that was like, 
this is what you have to do. D does that make sense what I'm saying? No, but did, didn't she see a vision, uh, Willow's vision of, of the future? Or of, didn't, didn't Willow tell her about it? That she dies? Saving, oh, saving fighting, fighting uh, you know, the, the worm? He, I mean, he might have. Honestly, I might have, like, forgotten. I know, I'm pretty sure she he was, tells... She was getting visions as well. Um, I, I have to, maybe I have to go back and, and check that. But she, she was seeing things. Okay, okay, okay. I so, think she, I mean, at the very least, the crone was trying to, to contact her. Because at some point in the seventh episode, she uses some some evil spell against Will or something like that. And she wants to, and Will is like, how did you learn that? And she's like, I'm seeing things. Wait, so, yeah, you're totally right. Because one of the crone's henchmen touches her at one point and she has a vision. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, you're good. Okay, I get it, I get it. So then, like, her thing there is like Frodo where she's seeing a vision of what's to come and it's like i can't give in to your evil because it's going to do this to everyone yeah okay okay all right that works you, 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 you solved it okay so all right so let's let's get on to the um the very end then okay so um it's not even a post-credit scene right it's, it's essentially like the show kind of ends and it doesn't even go to credits it just goes to like an epilogue yeah, epilogue, and then there is a there is a small thing at the, after the credits too. I'm not sure if you saw that or not. Like after the credits? Yeah, it's, it's essentially you know you know how the intro is uh, is them opening a book and you know showing a chapter title and all that. Uh, oh yeah, the, they close the book and they oh, put it on the shelf. On the shelf, you see volume one, two, three. Right. Okay, so like three seasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did see that, but that the end of it, I really really loved. Because you have this big giant army and it plays that fucking dire straight song. Really good use of music and imagery together. Uh, and then the fucking dragon shoots out fire. Yeah. And and so, yeah. So you have you have and, and I think you you know you mentioned before one of the most interesting things was uh Graydon being possessed and you know, uh, and now he kind of suddenly has this ma magical ability so uh, all along sort of thing. I think that's what's gonna be interesting about season two is that he is head over heels in love with the Lord Adam. Whatever was uh, ahead of uh, whatever was ahead of the crone, maybe even as the worm uh, or something like that, is manifesting itself as what he wants, and it's going to, you know, seduce him to the dark side. And you're going to have to have, you know, them fight. I, I, I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, look. I'm. A, I'll, I'll watch more of the show. The, the low point was the fucking trolls in the caverns. The, the end was better. If we did a ranking, I would rank this show pretty low on my Disney Plus. But I don't know. It has a lot of company. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, uh, it's not, I'm not saying this is, this is amazing. This is like everyone needs to go watch this. But I found it fun. I found it interesting. I kept wanting to watch more every week. Like I would actually be excited to put this on on Wednesdays. Um, I haven't. I mean, I, I felt that with Andor. I would say, but like you know, I, I was like, I woke up. I'm like, oh, I should go watch this. Like you know, um, I agree. I can't say that about a lot of things we want. We we, we did. Um, yeah. Uh, this thing. I feel like I was trying to get watch them to get through them in a, in a sense, so we we can review it. But like I was I, like I would have watched this. Even we weren't talking about it, I think. Okay. Well put, well put. Um, I think that, like, I could say that for a few of the Disney Plus shows, there are a few that, like, I, I just didn't care. I, for Willow, believe it or not, as much as I complain about it, 
I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want to see what happens, I, you know. Um, Miss Marvel, I'm like, uh, it's kind of a challenge. Moon Knight, I was like, oh god. I just, th- what made me want to watch those shows ultimately was how are they? What are they going to show about the rest of the Marvel universe? That was kind of all that it was. Yeah. You know. All right. Um, so speaking of the Marvel universe. One thing that's not showing in our thumbnail or in the title of this video, but we're just giving to you guys as a bonus, is we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the trailer that just dropped. Um, Brian, do you know what number MCU film this is? Uh, I'm going to take a stab that this is 32. 31. Ah, so close. Very close, very close. Do you know which, how many Marvel films we will have covered if we cover this one? Seven. Ah! Right, because we covered Black Widow, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So basically all the like sort of post-pandemic Marvel movies we've covered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, here we go. 31st film in the MCU, seventh movie that we're going to cover. It's the beginning of Phase 5. It was written by Jeff Loveness, okay? He is a writer for Jimmy Kimmel Live and Rick and Morty. And that was some controversial news today about Rick and Morty, right? Yes, I did see that. Um, domestic abuse charges against Justin Roiland. Um, I have I, I really read headlines. I didn't really read into it yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I wonder what, what that, how that's going to affect the Rick and Morty show. But it is interesting that, like, so many of these Marvel properties, whether they're the shows or the movies, are written by Rick and Morty people. Yes. Um, yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of that. And Although off the top of my head, all I can think of is right now is this and Jessica Gao with She-Hulk. But there's yeah. definitely more than that going around. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, this guy, though, Jeff Loveness, besides writing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, he's also writing uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty, which that makes a lot of sense, right? Because this is all about Kang. Kang movie, yep. Right. So um, thoughts right off the bat. Why don't you hit me? Go ahead. Um. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm still interested in seeing it. Um, it. It feels weird to have Ant-Man, particularly Scott Lang Ant-Man, who is c- kind of kind of falls into the role of Ant-Man in a way. You know, like yeah. Hank Pym is like a genius and he creates pin barnacles and all this. So yeah. it, it seems weird that like a con artist thief stumbles into something and he's fighting this kind of um, like very um uh what's the word um very like epic scale battle sort of you know it, it seems like way above his pay grade you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um even though like he's going into the quantum realm slash microverse whatever and like that that makes sense to me but it's just like he's a guy who stole things and he's fighting kang in a subatomic world it, it just seems like um a mismatch i guess Totally, totally agree. You know, so much of this stuff is based on what we know is being made, what movies are being made, and like behind the scenes stuff. We start to like speculate where this is going. We have an idea what the movie is actually going to be. For me, the vibe that I keep getting from this is um, do you remember um, the fuck was it called? Like Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Do you remember that from DC? Uh, yeah. Do you remember how Max Lord kills Blue Beetle? Yes. Okay. So that's what this kind of makes me think about. Um, For anyone that doesn't know, I know, Brian, that you know this, but like if anyone doesn't know, 
there was this uh, crossover called Christ, um, Infinite Crisis, and it was this big DC event, um, and it had these creatures called Omax, um, which were like the Sentinels, basically, for DC. And at one point, this guy, Blue Beetle, who's kind of this goofy hero, uncovers this mystery that this guy, Max Lord, is controlling Omac. When he discovers it, Max Lord just shoots him in the head and murders Blue Beetle. The, the original intention was that it was actually going to be Nightwing that was going to be killed. But the, the point that I'm making is that... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Dan DiDio, who's the, pre the um, DC editor-in-chief, always wanted to kill off Nightwing, right? So anyway... Um, the reason why I bring that up is because that's what this reminds me of, of like a goofy hero kind of what? What's the matter? I'm just laughing because Nightwing eventually does get shot in the head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he becomes Rick Grayson. Yeah. Which I feel like that's maybe just they were trying to make it so that he's no longer Dick Grayson. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of Dick, yeah. Can't lose Dick. Hey, aren't we all? You know? <laughs> um, but so that's what this movie reminds me of. Like, you have this sort of goofy character, which you were talking about, like this character that's, he's a robber and stuff, and he's, he's not the scientist. Um, and he kind of stumbles onto this epic thing. And I feel like the way the trailer presents itself, it's going to have this, like, dark ending for him. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, I watched this really great review where someone went into deep detail about this trailer, and they were saying that third movies for MCU characters usually have the characters losing something or like getting rid of a big part of who they are like in ragnarok asgard is destroyed in iron man 3 tony throws out his arc re reactor right uh and in uh civil war like cap gets rid of his shield right yeah, he gets rid of his shield in his costume yeah 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 so so that guy was implying that like you know ant-man could lose something serious like not his daughter obviously because she's going to go become a young avenger but like you know, maybe Scott Lang, will, uh, not Scott Lang, he is Scott Lang. Uh, Hank Pym will die or something, you know. Maybe, yeah. So um, I, I want to talk about a couple of things, but I want to talk about something that excites me the most. First off, um, so do you know who Modok is in the movie? Um, I, I mean, I saw Modok in the trailer. Um, I don't know who's playing him. I don't know what. How he I mean, I guess he's some kind of being from the quantum realm now and not what he was in the comics. Do, do you care if I spoil it for you or no? Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's do it. Why not? Okay. So I've seen some stills of MODOK and it, it looks like Corey Stoll. So like yellow, oh. yellow jacket. Interesting. Okay. So like the idea is that maybe he was like shrunken down so far and he goes into the quantum realm, but he's like disproportionate like MODOK is with the big head because of the way he was shrunken down. Okay, interesting. And, you know, maybe Kang sort of saves him or fixes him. Okay. Okay, so that's interesting. They do that sometimes in movies where they kind of combine two complex characters because, like, you know, MODOK is um, uh, George Tarleton in the comics, and then in this, he'd be Yellow Jacket, Darren Cross, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one other thing that was interesting, too, was that they're, they're going to name uh, Cassie Lang Stinger, as opposed to stature. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Stinks. Sorry. And then that's the idea of like kind of keeping it in that motif of like Ant-Man, yeah. Wasp, right? Stinger. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I, I guess uh, Lawrence Fishburne was Goliath and stature kind of more lines up with Giant Man rather than and Goliath rather than Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. Exactly. All right, I got I got a little bit more to hit you with. Okay. okay. So um, 
one other thing is Cassie was actually working on that device that she uses in the trailer. She was working on it while Hank, while uh, Scott was missing. So, okay. which is weird because it's like, how did she know he was in the quantum realm? Which the guy that made the video speculated maybe like Lawrence Fishburne was helping her with the device. It, it, she gets outside help to make this device. So he was yeah. speculating, is it Ghost that helps her? Is it um, Lawrence Fishburne's character, who's Goliath? Is it Kang himself? So. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it definitely seems like she was working on it. She seems somewhat have some kind of knowledge about it, but maybe he's not as experienced because it looks like she does something wrong and Michelle Pfeiffer's all scared. Oh, well, Janet's all scared, and they all get sucked into the quantum realm. Um, yeah, I, I think the most believable thing there would be um, probably Goliath, Lawrence Fishburne. If not, maybe maybe Kang trying to because he, he needs Ant-Man to do something. Right. So maybe that that, that works. Um, yeah. But if he was already in there and Kang was in there, you know, when everything happened, I, I don't I don't know how that makes sense exactly. I, okay. I know that Scott was only in there for a few minutes, and then five years pass or whatever. Um, but that that's a little weird to, to me. If it was Kang trying to help Cassie get him back when he was already there, yeah. So, so I I want to talk about just that. I want to put a pin in that though for a second. I want because I got to bring up my last point that I think is really exciting to me. Um, in the trailer, in the second trailer in particular, you see a lot of images of like. Um, Ant-Man sort of like becoming like kind of stringy and then becoming another Ant-Man like there's like copies of him sort of like he's unspooling and the guy that made this video said that that kind of imagery is very similar to when Wanda kills Reed Richards in Multiverse of Madness like she makes them all stringy right and then um, when Thanos uses the reality stone to make Drax and Mantis like right so um Wanda's powers are, are like activated or like created because of the reality stone. So it's all reality stuff, you know? Yeah. And um, one rumor, I'm, I know I'm spoiling a lot of shit for you, and I'm sorry for people that are watching if you want to see spoilers, but like um, they go to like the nexus of the quantum realm in this movie, and that's where all that weird stringy shit happens. And so it's like the nexus of reality. And um, I just think that's like kind of a really cool concept. And if like they are that smart to kind of tile this stuff together, I like that kind of detail. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you got? I feel like I've been talking a lot from what I've read and heard. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could have rewatched um, the episode again for, um, I'm sorry, the episode, the trailer again, right before we report is to refresh my memory. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the movie. That, that, that's kind of it. Like, um, I don't know what we're going to get. Um, you know, maybe I'll, I know a lot of people have been kind of down on MCU stuff more recently. Um, and I, I could see that maybe it's taken a, a slight step down in quality overall. Um, but hopefully we get back on track. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to keep these within an hour so I could just easily put them up onto YouTube. But one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was, like, what is Kang's actual motivation? What does he need Ant-Man to do? And my assumption is that he needs him to, like, break into something and steal something. And the thing that he would steal would free Kang from the quantum realm. It feels like Kang is stuck there and he needs to get out and go. Yeah, uh, that, that could work, yeah. Right? Um, 
I, th I think the implication is that Kang has like a giant ship or something like that down there, and that like maybe it needs something for its engine, and maybe he needs Scott to go get that. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, clearly, we know he's he's he has a job for him. He wants to do it. He's kind of threatening him to do it. Um, yeah. So a heist is involved, and that's that's up that's up Scott Lang's alley there. So, um, yeah. I mean. I, I think um, I, I'm looking forward to it. It was it a month away. Oh shit! I didn't write down the date. It, I guess I don't know. February. So I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh shit! There actually was one last thing, and we still have like two minutes. Um, one other thing that's interesting in this trailer is that he talks about how he can give Scott time. And if you think about it, I saw a comment on this video where they were like, "Yeah, Scott loses five years with his daughter, but besides that, he also loses years with his daughter because he's in prison." So a lot of his life he hasn't had with Cassie. And by the time of this movie, Cassie also has trouble with the law too. Yes. So, so I think like, go ahead. Kind of mirrors what we were just talking about before this. <laughs> uh, with what? In the sense of, you know, going back to the way things were beforehand and not, not going down this path sort of thing, you know, got a reset button, you know? Yes, yeah, right, 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 right. Kang's that evil, just like the crone, right, right, right. They're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, good, look, you tied it all together, man, good job. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, so that's a, that's a good stopping point. But yeah, Brian and I will definitely cover Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, when it comes out. Um, if this is your first time watching our show, whether it's on Facebook Live, on um, YouTube, or, on, uh, or listening to us as a podcast, make sure you subscribe. We'd love to hear what you guys thought of Willow, if you were fans of it, if you were not. Um, I want to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Gage Greenwood. He is the one that said he was going to start using Facebook Live. And I was like, I'm going to steal that idea, like Scott Lang. And so, um, yeah, thanks. And wait, shit, what are we going to cover next week? <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to talk about The Last of Us. <gasps> yeah. Which not, okay. not traditionally a comic book originating um, property, but um, it's got Mandalorian. Nice. And it's got that girl from Game of Thrones, that little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh... Guys, she was a Mormon. Was it uh, Liana Mormon? No, Liana. I don't remember. Everybody loved her. Yes. One of the few things everyone agreed upon, agreed upon on the last season of Game of Thrones. Everybody loved her. I agree. Yes. And I think this show is going to make us cry, but who knows? I've never played the game, but yeah. Oh, I play the game. Nice. I mean, they're they're using a little bit too much hyperbole in the promotional materials. Like it's the greatest video game story ever told, and it's really good. Yeah. But it's like it's like elevating it like a little bit too much, I think. Oh, but okay. I'm still excited to see it. I think it is a, it is a good story. It's not just about zombies. It's it's about people, honestly. And I know that's like, oh, that's The Walking Dead, and yeah, yeah it sort of is. But I don't know. Give it a shot. We are okay. At least hopefully it'll be as good for Brian as Willow was. Yeah. Yes. All right. So then we will see you guys next.